You're listening to TFM. Want to join in the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners' discussion group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. Welcome to the 602 Club, your local watering hole here at TFM for all things non-Star Trek related as we discuss all the fandoms that we love. And I am just one of your hosts here, Matthew Rushing, and so excited to have back with me, as she is every week, Christy Morris. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, you Christy, know. you you have your name on the seat. It's 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 literally says Christy Morris. Nobody else's butt print is on that seat because you're nobody <laughs> else is allowed to sit there. Of course, of course, you're allowed here. <laughs> well, you know, um, what's the saying? Um, have you ever looked up the term delusional? Uh, I I I'm always afraid that if I do, I'll see my name there. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, kid, I got something to tell you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, we are uh, going to be heading back uh, to streaming this week as we're going to hit a movie that has been through a lot to get to where it was and is now. It's called Samaritan and it stars none other than Sylvester Stallone. But before we get there, huge thank you to everybody who's listening. We really appreciate that. Uh, and if you want to do some things to help us out, man, if you've got a uh, any any desire to help the show grow, a couple things you can do. One, uh, follow us over on social media, especially on Twitter at the 602 Club or on Instagram at the 602 Club TFM. Uh, it's a great way to share the show uh, and with friends. You know, obviously, social media makes that very easy to do uh, and tell more people about the show. Uh, you can also so uh, help us out if you're listening to this podcast on an app like Apple or Spotify or any of those type of places where you can rate or review a podcast. Do that for us because that also helps more people find us when they're searching for podcasts. You can also find us, of course, on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm with the entire network. There's a listeners-only discussion group you can join called the Babel Conference, and you can discuss things with people from all over the world who listen to our shows. Uh, you can also go to trek.fm, and if you would like to help the network in a really substantial way, we would love it if you would go to Patreon at patreon.com slash trekfm and become part of our team. This is a big network, as you all know, and there's no way that we can do this all on our own. And so we ask you to go to patreon.com slash trek.fm, and we would appreciate if you would help us out every month that way. So go to patreon.com slash trek.fm and become part of our team. So, Christy, this is one of those really interesting movies that has a very, I would say, odd development in the sense that most comic book movies are based off of a comic book that already exists. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a movie that was actually a spec script that didn't get picked up to be made a movie for a long time that they actually made a comic book out of with a small comic book company called Mythos. That's a new one. Yeah, it seems a little backwards, doesn't it? 
Um, yes, yes, it really does. <laughs> I guess how flattering, though, for the person that originally wrote the spec script to have um, a comic book come out of it and then actual an actual movie later. Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that anybody would want to take this and, and create a comic book out of it, I think, is is definitely very interesting. And and then in I think it was around 2019, this becomes something that gets picked up. It's it's uh, it is going to get made uh, and they decide uh, that they're going to start shooting in February of 2020. Of course, which uh, really hurts uh, because, of course, everything shuts down because of COVID, mm-hmm. uh, and they shut down all the way till October when they start filming again, and it resumes. and And then there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff in the sense that uh, with the MGM sale that happened, with uh, Amazon now owning that studio and everything, and all of this gets mm-hmm. twisted to the and and it ends up that this is a movie that lands on Amazon Prime. With all of that development, I'm really interested too, like, was this anything that you had heard of before or seen any kind of preview before for on Amazon when you're watching other things or maybe on social media? Like, were you familiar with this at all? So interestingly enough, I did see it pop up on social media um, once it was going to be coming out soon. But from the cover, you can't really tell much of what to expect. It kind of made me think initially, oh, this is just going to be another Gran Torino or something, except with Sylvester Stallone. It, it's a grumpy old man who's going to possibly come back to his prime. Um, but it obviously ends up being a little different than that. Um, but I, I didn't see any previews or anything. Nothing until the announcement showing the cover that it was coming and who it was starring did you see any more Mm -hmm. than that i feel like the way that i saw this was because of social media as well Mm -hmm. and then i saw a preview like a you know they did a trailer or whatever i think on twitter or something like that and then I, i i watched it on on youtube as everybody does these days for the most part, unless you actually see a trailer in the theater when you're there. And so that's, that's to me where I, I first became acquainted with, with the fact that this was coming out. I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'm interested then. I mean, it, Sylvester Stallone. I, I know Stallone and um, I'm, I'm interested to see what he will do. You know, I, I've kind of, you know, I've really enjoyed his work, especially, you know, like with Creed where he kind of plays this, down and out character in many ways that um is is helping a younger generation you know kind of find something or find themselves or any of those type of things so to me that was an interesting idea and so i was i wouldn't say that i had high expectations or i was like really excited or anything but i definitely was going into it thinking oh well uh, you know maybe this will be good mm mm-hmm. mhm well, and I mean, too, obviously, since we've covered all the Rocky movies um, and, you know, some other things that he's been in, we like Sylvester Stallone. We are fans of his work. Um, so I think, you know, um, well, and, and we also covered all of the Rambo movies as well. So 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're still on fans here. So we were both interested for sure. And yeah. I mean, I well, think... at least we've covered, I think, Rocky and I think Rocky four. I don't know if we covered. That's true. Two. We didn't. Cover yeah, we all haven't done them. the the middle ones. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we've 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 covered. So, yeah. A few Stallone things. Yeah. We're, next, we're going to do cliffhanger, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, but I do think that they made the right call here, not going with theaters for showing this, because I think that they just wouldn't have had enough time to hype it up enough to get the box office numbers they would need. So I think that this is a great alternative when you have a limited amount of time to film and to market something. Yeah. Well, I also... I feel as though it's one of those things where, you know, if you were going to put this in the theaters, I I feel like you would have wanted to go back and to probably put some more money into things like some of the special effects and that kind of thing to to give it Mm -hmm. a bigger feel. And and, and that's definitely, I, I think you're right, you know. Uh, if if you're going to put out this movie, then, you know, it might be a good way to go to not have to spend that extra money to put it on streaming. And so it's interesting because the movie starts off with a prologue, which made sense because these aren't characters. This isn't a universe that anybody's familiar with. Uh, and so it gives us the background for this superhuman you know, superhero story. And what did you think about how this worked and how it introduced the story to us? So I'll give first off some props to the animation that they used, because this is sort of like we were recently talking about with, um, oh gosh, what movie was it? That Catwoman hunted doing some storytelling with the um, animation and the, prologue in the beginning of the movie and this kind of does the same thing and has a really cool style to it and i like that they are telling you a visual story at the same time as actually having someone speaking who sounds like a 13 year old kid that we're gonna see later in the movie so i thought that that was cool and i like that although there are points where it does feel a little um derivative of a story model for me, I don't know about you, but um, there are some things that make it a little bit different. And I liked that first and foremost, it was about twin brothers that happened to have this super power, super strength um, and go through a tragedy and then are right. nemesis with each other. Um, and I thought it was interesting to have them not really have super descriptive names, but be more like every man you know his name is nemesis and the other is mm-hmm. samaritan so <laughs> that was a little different yeah i do have to give uh credit just like you did i think the animation style at the beginning uh, to tell the prologue was actually great and what was actually so interesting i think about that was that i i think i would have actually really enjoyed an entire movie in this format. I thought it was mm. really beautiful actually. You know, the the animation style that they did, I just I, like I was enjoying so much this 
prologue, I was thinking, man, the whole movie could be in this. And I, I feel like it would be fantastic, right? It'd be much more adult. Uh, you know, it'd be much more like the DC animated films, right? But to me, mm-hmm. I, there was just something about it that really struck me. And I, I was really taken by uh, the, the animation style. And in many ways, I think the prologue left me more hopeful for the movie then because I thought that the prologue was done really well. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Yeah, I, I, it definitely is a style I haven't seen before and even just the movements of the characters within the animation itself and the mood that they gave it and everything, it, it was just so different from anything else I've seen before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, and, and it, it sets up the fact that, you know, the, the battle between Samaritan and his his brother, Nemesis, uh, came down to the fact that Samaritan turns hero in the city and Nemesis turns evil. And the, and, and the fact of the matter was is that Nemesis wanted the world to feel the pain that he felt over the loss of their parents. Mm-hmm. And that Samaritan did not feel that he should take out his pain on the world, especially with his superhuman powers. And so they eventually fight together. Samaritan is is drawn to the city's power plant, which is a trap that Nemesis lays for his brother, causing a fire, and they're both killed, apparently, in the explosion. And that many people believe that Samaritan is still alive, that he survived somehow. And... The reason that they believe that is because they live in this terrible, horrible place called Granite City, which feels like an amalgamation of all of the worst traits of the U.S. cities of the, you know, 2020s. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, everyone you can think of, just throw them in there, and that's this one city. Um, And so that's the the setup of the movie, which, again, you know, I, I I was drawn in. And a big part of that actually was just the fact that I thought this prologue was was really well done in its design. And I thought it, like you said, even though it's somewhat derivative of, you know, just kind of comic book culture type of stories, it was interesting. And so then what I I thought was very fascinating then to take that story and to create a, the main theme of this, which is the idea of like, we get a character in the movie called Cyrus who sees Nemesis as a hero who was what he calls punching up, mm-hmm. just taking out all of those people that are in power, bringing down systems and trying to start again, not with those that are in power now, but with those that aren't in power. And so basically think of Bane and the dark night rises, but dumber. <laughs> So, like, we'll call him Dumb Bane. And his actions end up, you know, they spark rioting and looting across the city. Just think of, you know, major American cities again in in the 2020s. And like Bane, he's saying he's doing this for the people and to give it back to them. And, and so that they are in control. But really, the whole idea of this is is that really it's about that anarchy in the right answer, forget democracy of the rule of law, might makes right. And by doing this, he'll be the one then with the most might to make mm-hmm. things right. 
in his eyes. And so, yeah, I mean, what did you think of that? Well, first of all, it sounds very Bond villain of him. (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. (laughs) What are we here to do? Take over the world. Exactly. Um, What we do every night, Pinky. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, it, it is crazy, too, how topical this ended up being with, you know, the timing of it coming out right around the time that we're having cities where there are riots happening in our real lives and a homeless problem and still a housing crisis. Um, So I find it fascinating that although this was written previously before 2020 as a spec script, how accurate it ended up being in a lot of ways for some things that we're going through, obviously to an extreme because it's still drama, but interesting. Um, And definitely there are still those people that feel that anarchy is the way to go, which Mm -hmm. seems preposterous because obviously he's not thinking of all of the other implications of that. Cyrus thinks he knows what he wants, but it's like, if it's true anarchy, you're not in power either. Nobody Mm -hmm. is. It's insanity. (laughs) Well, and... And I think what's what's interesting is it's something we didn't mention in the prologue is that Cyrus also comes across. Uh, so Nemesis had created a hammer that he had poured mm-hmm. all of his rage and hate at his brother at, um, and that hammer was the only thing that could actually hurt Samaritan. And so I guess in many ways think of the one ring, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, but the one hammer to rule them all, uh, and. So he comes across this hammer, which gives him this ability to to basically not necessarily be unstoppable, but to be nigh unstoppable, right? I mean, who's going to be able to come up against him, um, I guess, except for people with really good sh- sharp shooting abilities. Um, anyway, so, <laughs> you know, he really is, in, in, in many ways, he is doing the exact same thing that Bane was doing to Gotham, right? He's using this as a as his ability to get what he wants. Right. He doesn't care about anybody. He doesn't care about you know releasing people from poverty. He cares about making people pay that have more than he does because they have more than he does. Yeah, and it doesn't really care about anything else. And what. I also found so interesting is how he misinterprets history because he believes that Nemesis was wanting to do the same thing. That he was wanting to destroy the power grid so that he could bring the system down and start over. Mm -hmm. And so what's most interesting about this is he sees Nemesis' actions through his own desires, not what actually happened, especially what we learn happened, but he's using this memory of something in the past and twisting it for his own purposes. And to me, you know, obviously having lived through some of the 2020s now, we see this happen all the time mm-hmm. of, of people misrepresenting the, the past to create a narrative 
to twist for their own purposes and how dangerous that is. Oh, 100%. And clearly showing here as well how that can lead you down a completely opposite path, Mm -hmm. a complete 180 from what the actual history was. Right. And, you know, then even have someone who was there tell him, no, (laughs) that's completely wrong. It was just a trap. It wasn't meant to be Mm -hmm. anything bigger. I didn't have some big master plan. So I found that so ironic that it's like then suddenly all of his ideals that he built on that were coming crashing down and he had to decide in a moment what he was going to do from there because, oh my God, everything I know is wrong. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I completely agree with you. And I I think it is, you know, when you kind of come face to face with the reality of what you're trying to do, a lot of times, especially in this case, you just find it to not live up to what you thought it was going to be. And I, I think that's where we end up with Cyrus as a character, like just realizing that um, everything he thought was wrong, everything he was building his life was wrong. It's all a facade to build his own self and his own ego. And that's re- in the end, it's not really enough to hold anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not enough to protect anything either, which we see as well. And so, um, kind of four main cast members in the movie. And of course, Sylvester Stallone being number one as the character of Joe, who, uh, the young boy, Sam, believes is Samaritan. And so, you know, because he's really the 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 driving force behind the movie for the most part, how did how did you think he did in and his performance here as this character? I think he was great as usual. Um, you know, I think that he just has a real knack for becoming a character. I think that here especially because the twist happens and I don't know about you, but I did not expect it at all. Um, I think that he obviously played that really well because you didn't give it away at all until that moment that they wanted you to understand what was going on. Um, And I love that they really show a softness to him um, leading up to that point. And um, you know, the ultimate, message of the movie um Mm -hmm. that we're we all have capacity for good and bad and that it's how you decide to use that that matters um but that technically no one can be 100 percent good um because we're we all have that capacity to Mm -hmm. to do bad things yeah, I mean, I think he does a pretty stinking good job here in the movie. I think uh, he plays the part well, uh, and he gives you what you would want in the role. And I think Stallone is is really good at being able to play these characters that are broken down and broken and trying to find ways 
in which to to redeem their lives and mm-hmm. you know it it was interesting because i honestly wasn't thinking necessarily about the the twist but when it happened i didn't necessarily also find myself surprised that it had happened um mm. and so uh i i think it felt very you know in the end this movie and not necessarily as a terrible thing but it it felt very much like a 90s movie mm-hmm. and that's very much a 90s uh plot twist i feel like and so it's not a bad or good thing i just think it was a, a part of the film and um i i do think though that one of the things and it has nothing to do with his performance but i think one of the things that by creating this twist for the film one thing that they never really do a great job of answering is why nemesis goes from being the villain to the hero Hmm. that's something that i wish they would have spent a little bit more time delving into and I mean, even if it was just a way of that there was intense remorse for the fact that he had done what he wanted to do, which is kill his brother. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that scene, there should have been something else there in that scene. Um, I, I feel like there should have been... Um, you know, I, 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 to, to see, you know, possibly him kind of, uh, you know, fall to the ground or whatever. And, um, that there was, you know, almost like, you know, a man of steel when he, you know, snaps the neck and then he falls to the ground and, you know, yells and you could mm-hmm. tell that there's this pain going on inside of what he's done. And that's, that's not I don't I don't sense that here and I think that's one of the places where they didn't they didn't give us a reason to believe the fact that he would go from being bad to good other than the fact that he does say, you know, there's good and bad in everyone, which, you know, mm-hmm. 100% true. Great great um great line. It's it's, it's that's reality. But I, I didn't necessarily feel like they had given us that. Uh, they hadn't shown us the true rationale for that happening with this character, which was a little bit disappointing to me. I don't know. How, how Did you feel that? I can see that. I, I do think that there could have been a little more shown, um, even in just the scene like you're talking about where they show him multiple times letting go of his brother's hand and letting him fall into the fire. Mm-hmm. I think they maybe even could have shown it like the way that I took it was that they were trying to say he thought it would give him what he wanted, but as soon as he did it, realized what right. he had lost. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, they could have said it better. And maybe even what I was going to say was had him start to let go and then have a moment of panic and realize, oh, my God, I'm about to kill my brother and try to mm-hmm. to grab him back and still lose him. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. Like you've made your bed now, you know, mm-hmm. um, something like that, I think would have gotten it better across that he, he did have a turn clearly at some point. He's not a hundred percent bad, but he does have a lot of bad <laughs> in him. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, just something would have been been nice there. I think it would have elevated the movie a little bit. Um, yeah. just by giving the audience that. And a part of that is, is by, as we talk about so many times is about showing the audience and, and not just telling them. And here I, mm-hmm. I feel like they didn't necessarily even do a great job of telling, um, or showing, which is a little bit disappointing. Uh, and so what did you think? Uh, because I would say, in many ways, our main character is is really a Javon Walton who plays Sam, the little boy. And how did you feel about him? Because, you know, in many ways, I feel like he either makes or breaks the movie. So I have to say, initially, it took me a little time to warm up to him. I was kind of not feeling at first the dynamic they had between him and his mom. Um I get that they were obviously trying to get across that he is a little bit older and she's also a young mom and they're trying to have this dynamic of her still being the authority figure, but not doing a great job at it, you know, as compared to, you know, who we would say the ideal mom would be. Um, And that he's kind of feeling like he can take that out on her. Um, but I think that at first in the movie, it was a little bit awkward and then it grows on you over time. Um, and you, other than that, I think he, he was really good. And um, I really think got across how this kid feels that he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. He feels a responsibility to help his mom take care of the household and pay for things because she's having a hard time. But feeling like the only way he could do that is something criminal and then realizing he's in over his head. Right. Yeah, I didn't warm to him as much as you did. Um, I Mm -hmm. didn't love his performance personally. And I think for me, it did really hurt the movie. You know, I, I, there are, I think, some incredibly gifted child actors out there. Uh, and then there are some that just can't quite carry a movie in the way that you need this to be carried. And I think that's really just what it came down to. I, I don't think that he had what was needed to truly make the movie successful for all that they were asking him to do. I think in in maybe a lesser part, a smaller part, he probably could have been just fine. But this movie just, I think, really requires somebody who is on the level of just an incredible actor. Because that's what it takes to, to, to make an entire movie work, you know, when it's about your performance. And so I just didn't quite think... Uh, that he quite had that. And so um, I'm not quite sure how to say 
the actor who plays Cyrus's name, but I'll attempt it. I think it's Pilu Azbek. Um, and Close you know, enough. he. Yeah, he's uh he you know him from Game of Thrones. Um mm-hmm. and so uh the the super crazy Greyjoy, uh even though they're all insane. Um and uh I think he's serviceable here as as the villain, right? I mean, he does what you want him to do. He's a he's a narcissist. Uh yeah. you know, a, a self-serving narcissist and I think he plays that kind of role to perfection because in many ways he's playing much the same role that you saw in game of thrones yeah and i i will say i hope that that doesn't kind of peg him as the that kind of actor and that him you know not get a lot of other work in different types of roles but he does do a good job playing the villain and I thought that they did a good job as well with his look, his costuming, hair and makeup, all of that. Definitely scary. Um, and I mean, I thought he comes across menacing and as someone who really believes what he's saying and makes you realize how twisted he is, especially in the scene where he tells the cop that they've captured that he can go and then shoots him in the back. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I think at least with Cyrus, it was great acting as well as great writing. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's, I think he does pretty well uh, in the movie. Again, I think for what they ask him to do, he does a great job. I do kind of feel as though he might end up getting typecast. uh, Unfortunately, Mm-hmm. and that's that it just i think you know when you need somebody who's semi-villainous in a smaller role this is the kind of person that they're going to end up calling which dashka polanco who plays tiffany who is also sam's mother uh in the movie i think might i'm wondering if if she's going to kind of end up in the same type of of place um she doesn't have a huge role in the movie, but I, I think it wasn't necessarily her performance or anything like that that bothered me. What bothered me is the fact that she's a nurse at a hospital, and nurses can get a job anywhere, like, mm-hmm. and are needed anywhere. So there's no reason for her to even live in this city. Which is something that just kind of like bothered me a little bit about the movie uh, is the fact that she really doesn't need to be living here with her son. Um, And the fact that she could be a traveling nurse. She could be like, Mm -hmm. I just, I, I know too many nurses and I know nurses make good money. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, this, this part of the movie kind of drove me a little bit insane because it just didn't quite make sense. I get what you're saying. Like traditionally, like I'm thinking of, for example, um, Save the Last Dance or not Save the Last Dance. Oh, what was it? Um, Step Up, where the mother is, you know, working in a typically lower income job like a diner or something like that. Um, And -hmm. that would explain why they're living in such dire straits, probably. Right. I could possibly defend it as she was living in that situation before getting the job and then her husband left 
Um, so they just haven't gotten out of it yet. But yeah, I mean, I guess I get your point that like her income would be high enough that they shouldn't be having this bad of a money problem of being right. kicked I mean, out. Uh, <laughs> and, and I mean, it's not like they're living in a nice part of town either. So I think that, right. you know, uh, I, again, I've, I've got a lot of friends. My sister's a nurse, you know, so uh, it it, mm-hmm. it was a little bit, it was, seemed like the wrong choice to make her a nurse. Um, yeah. I guess, you know, one of the big things, too, about any time you're kind of creating a comic book type movie comes down to the action and the production of a film like this. And so I'm really interested to see how you thought this went, especially since, you know, we, we just live in a world that is rife with comic book type action films now. I mean, they're, they're mm-hmm. everywhere. So the action, I felt, was pretty good. I, I think especially the scene where Stallone gets hit by the car felt very real and very sudden. And I had a visceral, like, oh, whoa, um, response to that scene. Um, but I do think that the production value and effects hurt it here, especially having so many scenes with fire and the fire looking so fake so very obviously fake. Um, I mean, it was like orange wavy lines in the background fake. So that really took it, took me out of it. Did you feel the same way? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. It's hard not to feel that way. You know, uh, yeah. Movies that end with a ton of CGI fire like that. I mean, you can just tell what's real and what's not real. And this is 100% not real. Uh, And, you know, there were some other better things in the movie. I think when he jumps over the car to save the little girl and grabs the car and pulls it around with him, you know, to create a shield was Mm -hmm. not a terrible effect. It was, you know, um, and so the bombs were cool. Yeah. Yeah, so th- there's some stuff in this movie, and and most of it's pretty grounded and and very small in nature, and mm-hmm. and I think, you know, you have the end here where you you just everything kind of falls apart a little bit because you don't really have the money to create what you're trying to do, and that does hurt the story because everything else you know did feel like it was based in this very gritty real dingy dark city and Mm -hmm. you know then you're just taking out you're taken out of it at the end when you should be the most invested right yeah I, i think especially too if you know that you have a lower budget and you won't be able to do some higher budget things like real fire or realistic looking bombs or something. Don't put yourself in that situation even where Mm -hmm. you would need to use them. You know, maybe there could have been a rewrite for having it done without the fire. You know, Mm -hmm. it's on a ledge instead of on a fiery ledge. Um, I think it just, they could have possibly thought about cutting down on having so much fire in the movie if they're not going to have good fire, but I digress. (laughs) No, I, I think you have an excellent point there. It's why would you do this? If, why would you make this choice 
if you can't really pull it off the way it needs to be pulled off to be believable to people and keep them invested and keep them invested in the film and especially since it's the climax. So I I think that's something that is definitely very frustrating about the movie. And I I think they just don't make the right choice there uh, to, as to what to do. So, well, I'm really interested, Christy, as to where you're going to end up with your ratings for Samaritan. So I would say it wasn't super hard to come up with this rating, but I think that it fits comfortably um, slightly above average. Um, There are definitely some areas it could have done with a change, but um, that overall it's still intriguing and a different kind of story superhero wise than we've seen before. So I give it a three out of five um, blackout bombs because it, it did still have some things that I liked and I thought some valuable life lessons. Um, and I liked Javon Walton a little bit more than you did. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall still had some areas where you're left wanting. Right. What about yeah. you? Uh, for me, I am going to give this two and a half out of five uh, okay. angry hammers. And uh, this just doesn't quite reach above average for me. Um, I, I think it is very average. Uh, and it's sad because I do feel like that there were definitely places for this to be more than average. I, I think, you know, when I think of the thematic elements that we discussed, I, I, th- I think this is fantastic uh, in, in what it's it is trying to do to, to be looking at these themes uh, and they're even more relevant now than of course, like you said, when they're written, the problem is, is that we already have this movie and it's called the dark Knight rises and that's a (laughs) way better movie. And so therefore this movie just is pale in comparison and that's, that's too bad. Um, It it didn't, it didn't have to be that way. So yeah, two and a half out of five for me, but I'm really excited, Christy, to see what you have to recommend to everybody this week. Well, uh, I needed a laugh today. I don't know about you. Um, So I actually went back and decided to recommend a comedian that my husband and I love that we were recently rewatching. And um, although this comedian has passed away, I do highly recommend going and checking out his stuff previously recorded um, and now shared on YouTube. Um, But I don't know if you've heard of the comedian Mitch Hedberg. I might have. I might have. The name sounds familiar. he, He is famous for doing very deadpan humor um and mixing in some non sequiturs um one of our favorite jokes of his was uh i had saw a commercial the other day that told me to forget everything i know about slip covers so i did and then they tried to sell them to me but i forgot everything (laughs) (laughs) you know it's just it's sometimes even like dad jokes but it just cracked you up anyway and um he unfortunately had passed away of an overdose um, in 2005, um, but was just so different and so goofy and still very beloved by people for being so different. So, um, yeah, I, I think it will crack you up. You should definitely look up Mitch Hedberg. 
Nice. No, that's great. Uh, well, I think anybody can can definitely use a laugh these days. Uh, I'm going to recommend something. It's not a laugh, but it was an incredible experience, and I'm so glad that uh, we got a chance to watch it, my wife and I. I also wish that it had been released in theaters, but Ron Howard is back to his Apollo 13 days uh, in the sense of creating a movie based off of true story of heroism in the face of disaster. And it's called 13 Lives, and it's on Amazon Prime right now, and I highly recommend you watch it. Drop whatever you're doing, watch this movie with with your friends and family. Um, It's probably not a movie that you would watch with your younger kids, but, you know... um, maybe 13 and up and and mainly it's just more uh suspense it's it's not because there being anything inappropriate in the film and so uh it's just so good i was it's one of the best movies i've seen this year uh and i i wish it had been in theater so i highly recommend 13 lives to everyone but christy if anybody wants to catch up with you and see what else you've got going on where would they find you well, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, of course, at Bespin Bell and on, on Facebook in the Babel Conference. And then in a finished podcast that I did with my friends Amanda and Teresa called Sabres and Spells on the Skywalking Through Neverland Network. Uh, check it out at uh, Instagram and Twitter as well at Sabres and Spells. But what about you? Well, uh, of course, you can also find me all over social media under the name MattRushing02. You can also find me here on the network outside the 602 Club with something like With the Orb, talking about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Warp 5, talking about Star Trek Enterprise. The Artificial Tango, talking about Star Trek Picard. Saddle Up, talking about Strange New Worlds and Literary Treks, talking about the, the books and the comics of Star Trek. And then I'm, when I'm not there, you can find me over on the Nerd Party Network. I've got a completed show I did with Drea Kaufman called Owl Post. We talked about every single chapter of the Harry Potter series, one chapter at a time. And last but not least, the great John Mills and I do Aggressive Negotiations, which is a Star Wars podcast that I hope you'll check out. But as always, thank you so much for joining us. And y'all come back now you hear. here. 